And Protestantism, we teach that's it. But if you keep reading, you'll see that's much, that's much, much, much more. Amen. That God laid out in the wilderness that his people would be able to return to them because we got to remember, let's keep everything in context. The reason that God had to give the people the laws again in the wilderness is because they had been in Egypt for 430 years and they had forgot to live like God. They had started living like the Egyptians. Now that remind me of somebody? Mm. Been in the nation for so long, for 400 some years, mm -hmm. that you, you forget your own customs and culture and you start living like the country you're in? And God challenges us over and over. He says, come ye from among them. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Protestant Western European standpoint. Well, the Bible 
was here, God's word was here way before the West and before Europe even started. Mm. So, scripture is clear that the Sabbath started during creation week. Let's look at that real quick. Genesis chapter 2, way in the beginning, and let's, let's remember that the word Genesis means beginning. Amen. 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 The word Genesis, Baris, in Hebrew, it means uh, beginning. So let's look at Genesis chapter 2. Uh, we'll read verse 1 and 2. Amen. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Let me just start at verse 1, really. He says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, which day? Seventh. Seventh. On the, I, I want that to sink in. You know, people want to say, well, we can pick whatever day we want to. Well, if you go against scripture, you can. But scripture emphatically says on the seventh day. Well, of course, then some smart person will come and say, well, how do you know which day is the seventh day when they didn't have challenges back then? That's good. That's good. But God showed us in Genesis that he created the world. He created the earth. He filled the earth in seven literal days. Mm -hmm. Seven 24-hour periods where the earth rotates one time. That's a day. Takes another 24. The earth is rotating again. Another 24. And when it does that seven times, that's called a week to God. God established the week. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So now, as the earth is spinning like this, it's going around the moon, but it's spinning on its own axis, but it, I'm sorry, it's going around the sun. It's steady going around the sun, and the moon is out there, and it follows the earth. How do you? And as the earth is spinning, it's the sun, and the earth is spinning, mm -hmm. and it spins around the sun. When it goes around the sun one whole time, what that's called? All day. Huh? All day, 24-hour period. No, that's a year. I'm it does oh, this. okay, 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 I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a day yeah. when, when the earth is doing this. This is a day. But when it's moving. But as it does this, it goes around the sun. Yeah. Okay. And when it does this 365 times, I mean, that's a year. 365 times, that's a year. When it goes around the sun, 365 times. Yeah. 365 yeah. times, yeah. we got us a year. Yeah. So... When God created the heavens and the earth, he established some things right there, and that's what we call the Adamic Covenant. Amen. Now, the Adamic Covenant doesn't start when God begins to give a punishment for the fall. The Adamic Covenant starts at that the in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. earth. Amen. 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 So, and this is the reason that I know that's true, is because when God created everything, he gave it all to Adam. So, therefore, I know that everything that God gave to Adam, that's called the Adamic Covenant. Because the Bible, we read last week, which was a little profound to some of our brains as well, because we thought that man is the only one that God got down in the dirt and made from the ground. But we read last week that also, that God, uh, come on, let's go, let's, let's go look at it again. Look at verse 19 in chapter two. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every father had. You see, so God formed them too out of the dirt of the ground. So the Sabbath is what God created in the beginning. Now let me say this. Let me say this real quick so some people can get an understanding of Genesis chapter 1 verse Genesis chapter 2. And I have found this in several other places in the Bible. Genesis 10 and 11 as well. 
the events that's written in Genesis chapter 1 is God, watch this, in Genesis chapter 1, we have read it several times before, the Bible continues to say, and God said, and God said, and God said, ain't that right? Yeah. So what God was doing is God was thinking about making a plan for what he was going to do. Well, then in Genesis chapter 2, we see him do it, do it. Now, there's a lot of people that teach that God made human beings twice. No, he did not. Genesis chapter 1 is his start of making them, and Genesis chapter 2 is his actual making. That's why Genesis chapter 2 talks about the same thing that happened in Genesis chapter 1. It's just that he's explaining how he did it. When he was thinking it and saying it in Genesis chapter 1, he's showing us in Genesis chapter 2 how he actually performed it. Amen? I got two hands. If you really go look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, mm -hmm. in the language that's used, it says, God said, let us, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind. Livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild beasts, each according to his kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kind, the livestock according to their kind, and all the creatures that moved along the ground according to their kind. And God saw it was good. The part that caught my eye when he was talking about it, he said, let the land produce, mm -hmm. then increase. Then what you were saying, when you go look at chapter two, mm -hmm. like you were saying, you see, it's the thought here, and then the two, actual later, the, right. the actual made it. Right. Genesis chapter 10 to 11 is like that too. He shows us uh, in Genesis chapter 10, Noah's boys and their bloodlines, and then he tells us about what happened at Babel. But we understand the separation when God split everybody and made them go their own certain way. That didn't happen until after Babel. But Genesis chapter 10 is before Babel. But that's because he's explaining everything and then he shows us what happened in Genesis chapter 11. So that when, we, when we're doing our Bible study, now that's different than Bible reading. Yeah. Bible study, it says you yeah. got some commentaries open, you got some yeah. historical facts open, you got some books about Jewish and Hebrew culture open. Now the lesson made the point that there were no Jews in the beginning. Adam and Eve did not have a nationality. Amen. We didn't realize nothing about nationality until Moses comes along and was called Hebrew. Yeah. And then of course we understand uh, Jews in Israel didn't come along until Jacob wrestled with the angel all night. So we have to be able to keep all of this in perspective and understand that when God gave the Adamic covenant, that's the covenant of man. That's the covenant of the earth. And let me show you why this is important. Does not the sun still rise in the west and set in the east? Amen. Yes. That's part of the different covenant. That's the way God established it from the beginning. That the sun would rise in the, that the sun would govern the day, he says, and the moon would govern the night. That's still true. Amen. Amen. Does not the bird still fly in the air? You might catch one on the ground walking every now and then. <laughs> and of course, there's a few types of birds that don't fly at all. Yeah. But for the birds that fly, they don't fly along the ground. They fly in that. You take a fish out of water, he gonna yeah, start flacking because yeah. he got to have that water. Yeah. Hallelujah. That, that, that's part of the different covenant. That fish would swim in the sea. Amen. Amen. The cattle, the, the, all the creepy things that creep on the ground, all that still creeps on the ground. <laughs> now let me blow your mind. 2021. <laughs> God gave Adam Eve and not Steve. Amen. So that's still part of the original creation. Amen. Now, how in the world, how in the world 
Is the sun still governing the day, the moon still governing the night, the birds still flying in the air, the fish still swimming in the sea, the cattle still creeping on the ground, but man ain't supposed to still be marrying woman. The Edemic covenant is still in effect. Now, you have to be able to uh, get yourself from under the punishment that was attached to the Edemic covenant after the fall. Mm -hmm. Let me show you something else real quick. Let me show you what's important about keeping the Sabbath in this last dispensation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And to the man, and the man said, wait, 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 start giving the man his. Oh, verse 17. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. And unto Adam he said, now watch, watch this. Watch this. Y'all ready? Yeah. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast listened to thy wife and hast eaten of the tree that I told you not to eat from, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. And sorrow shall you eat of it. How many days? All the days of your life. How many days? All the days. Every right day. away, Sabbath was taken away with the fall. Because they didn't have that one rest day no more. He said, you're going to work hard and eat off that ground every day of your life. Sabbath was taken away with the fall. They lost that, they lost that ability to be able to draw themselves into God, cease from their rest. Because what God did in Genesis chapter 3 is he made where man now has to work hard every day. And thou shalt not eat of it, curse the ground. Verse 18, thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat thy bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it was thy taken. For dust thou art, and for dust thou shalt return. Now the only way we get any, the only way we get ourselves from under any of that curse that was issued in the Edemic covenant is accepting Jesus. Amen. That's the way you get from under the curse. Amen. Pain, women are not supposed to have pain with childbirth. When you look at the punishment that was given to the woman, if he tells her that part of the punishment is to have pain in childbirth, it must mean that before the fall that she wasn't supposed to have pain in childbirth. Amen. Amen. If he told to the serpent, from part of your punishment is from now on you're going to crawl in the, on the ground like a snake, it must imply that he must have not been crawling before if crawling in the dirt is part of the punishment. Amen. 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 So we understand now when we talk Sabbath, we're talking about God's original creation. We're not talking what God gave Moses at, at Mount Sinai. Terrible, terrible, terrible Protestant teaching. Terrible, terrible Western teaching. Amen? Terrible European teaching. Now, let me say this about the Sabbath real, real quick. And, I, and I've challenged y'all with this before. It may come out of your own mouth sometimes. But I can have a conversation. You can have a conversation with anybody you know. And I bet you somewhere in the first three minutes of that conversation, they're going to tell you how tired they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. They're going to yawn. <coughs> oh, I'm so tired. 
You complain about, let me show you how rebellious and ignorant we are. You complain about being tired, but you want to argue with me about a rest day. How ludicrous is that? And no, you can't pick your day yourself. That's the problem with Western and Protestant teaching. You, you have been taught you can pick it out of here how you want. No, that ain't what God say. A few of these scriptures were written for your edification. Oh. Some of the scriptures are meant to uh, uh, correct you and rebuke you. No, he oh. said all, all scriptures. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you call yourself a Christian, if you believe that you are God's child, I'm going to tell you standing before you emphatically that God's expectation is that you would do your best to follow his word. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay. So where did all the confusion come from? All right. Am I cooking with gas? Yeah. Okay. So now we got in the, uh, Jesus died at about uh, 29, 29, 30 AD. Because we have to remember, they say his public ministry, uh, I'm sorry, they say his lifespan was 33 years. And, and reading commentaries, we understand that Jesus was born before King Herod the Great died because we understand that it was King Herod the Great who was nervous because they said a new king was being born. Y'all read the beginning mm -hmm. of Luke and Matthew. Y'all know the story. Yeah. Amen? Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, King Herod put out a decree to have all baby boys killed. Remember that? Yeah. But this all happened in about 4 B.C. That's when Yeshua was born. It's, it's, it's pretty much agreed on throughout theology. Uh, most the theologians uh, of current day and past have agreed that Jesus was born during the time of Herod, and they know for sure that King Herod died in 4 BC. And Yeshua had to be born before that, because King Herod was nervous that a new king was being born. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So you start at 4 BC, and then we come up 33 years from that, and that'll give us about 29 to 30 BC when Yeshua died. Well, when you start doing a study, of when each of these books was written, when uh, the Gospels and the New Testament letters was written, you start seeing dates like 37 AD, 42 AD, all the way up to when John wrote Revelations, which was the last one, which was about 95 AD. And if you study these things, you'd be able to open your heart and your eyes a little bit more to what the Bible is really trying to say instead of grabbing on to what happened in 200 A.D. Uh, uh, when uh, 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 St. Augustine and, and all these guys started writing. 200 A.D. The Gospels and uh, the New Testament, Paul's letters was written in 37 on up. That's when they started writing. 37 A.D. on out to 95 A.D. The New Testament was finished by the time we got to year 100. A.D. A.D. 100. The New Testament was finished. Now watch this. The Bible was finished for me. Now I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't want to hear nothing else nobody got to say. I'll read St. Augustine's writings. I think some of them are real good. I think some of them are ludicrous. How can you compare the Sabbath, which is in God's commandments at Sinai and in the beginning, and you're going to compare that to circumcision? Amen. Circumcision, we know God told Abraham that. That's the Abrahamic covenant law. Circumcision. 
But St. Augustine compares, well, since circumcision is obsolete, that means that the Sabbath, is, how did you pull that rabbit out the hat? How did you compare circumcision to the Sabbath? But you got people that's reading that and going with it. So we, we, we got it in, in, in uh, 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 200 AD, St. Augustine. We, we know what happened in 325 AD when uh, uh, Constantine becomes a Christian in about 312 AD, and then he marries the Roman government to the church. Therefore, now we have the Roman Catholic Church in 325 AD. I'm saying this stuff slow so you can go check it out because I love for everybody to go study to see if what I'm saying is true. I love it. So in 325 AD, they have what's called the Council of Nicaea. And uh, they started coming up with what scripture means. In 325 AD. And this is what people holding on to. Let me tell you what I'm holding on to. I'm holding on to what was written in 95 AD and before. That's what I'm holding in my hand right now. Minus about 14. But this is enough. Hallelujah. When we talk about the Apocrypha writings, it's about 12 to 14 books that's not in this Protestant Bible. That's it, that is in the Catholic Bible. Now you got to ask yourself, oh, whoa, whoa, hold up, Jack Benny, how that happened? <laughs> well, in 1517 AD, here comes this guy on the scene, Martin Luther, who has a grand problem with the Catholic Church. And he goes to the church in Wittenberg, Germany, and he nails what's called his 95 theses to the door at the church in Wittenberg, Germany, telling them these are 95 problems that he got with the church because the church is wrong. They're not being biblical. And some of those things are in the 95. It's not 95 separate things that he had. It's about five things, uh, but he, he had 95 of them, but it's really about five subjects that he was talking about. One was the supremacy of the Pope. The Pope is not God, hallelujah. But that's the way the Roman Catholic Church was treated. Uh, the next one, one of the other ones was purgatory. A, a holding place, when you die, there's a place where your family, you, you stay there in purgatory, which is a middle place, and your family get to pray for you, and if they pray the right prayers to God, God can let you into heaven, that's called purgatory. Also, there's this one called indulgences where they would find artifacts of Mary, Joseph, Jesus. They would, they would you know, uh, 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 archaeologists would dig up artifacts, and the Catholic Church was selling this people, saying, well, if you buy this certain artifact, you say it. You're going to heaven. Now, that's the three that I can remember right off the top of my head. It's about five to six categories that makes up those 95 theses. But the Catholic Church didn't want to debate Martin Luther on those issues, so they excommunicated him, meaning they put him out the church, and, and, and uh, uh, Martin Luther, Ziegler, and John Calvin was uh, given the uh, credit for starting the Protestant movement. And the, the word Protestant, the root word in the word Protestant is protest. They was protesting the church. But let me show you something that's the problem. Every time we begin to protest, we're really not protesting God. We're protesting the way the men doing God. That's how we got here in South America. What's nothing wrong with pastors teaching of the word of God? We had, I didn't say we, I got a problem with the man. It wasn't God. Amen? Amen. So, but when, when, uh, when the Protestant church started, they act like they had a problem with God. They didn't have a problem with God. They
they had a problem with the way that the men were doing God. And this is the problems we have now. People will leave church. God ain't did you nothing. You got a problem with the people at that church. And now, here we are, some years later, the Protestant movement now has spread all over the world. And I don't know if that's an indication if it's approved by God or not. Because the devil has been called the angel of light. He can manifest and make things. Amen. Amen. So, when we talk Sabbath, you got to understand where Sabbath was eradicated at. Sabbath wasn't eradicated by Paul in the book of Acts. Paul preached so good one Sabbath, they said, man, you got to come back next Sabbath. So Paul was a Sabbath keeper himself. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Now, the reason for the Sabbath has nothing to do with our salvation. I'm going to say that while you're going to Colossians. Being a Sabbath keeper has zero, zero, no, nine, nish to do with salvation. It has to do with health. The Sabbath command is a health command. Colossians now, if you understand the way that what we call the Ten Commandments, if you understand the way that they're broken down, they're broken down in those first three. God teaches us how to relate to him. Don't have no other God before me. Don't make nothing with your hand and make it into a God. And don't use my name in vain. That has to do with how our relationship, how we respect him. The rest of it has to do with how you respect yourself. Rest. Give your body some rest. That's disrespecting your body to run 24-7. That's disrespecting your body. You're going to die early. Did y'all see the study on the news just this week? Just this week, they talked about on the news how people that work overtime all the time die early. They talked about it. Night shift was not made for human beings. Nights was made for sleep. That's why God created it. Hallelujah. Amen. He could have made where the sun stayed out all, all 24 hours. He could have. But he didn't. He said the sun don't govern the day. Amen. So, in uh, Colossians chapter 2, Paul makes this statement. And I want to make sure we, we understand what Paul was really saying and, watch this, who he was saying it to. Give me a second. Somebody already read it. We start reading at verse 16. Colossians chapter 2. Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to a religious festival a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. There are a shadow of things that will come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility or the worship of angels disqualify you from the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen in his unspiritual mind, puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body Supported together, supported and held together by its ligaments and its sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Amen. <laughs> now, I wanted to read that because I want to be able to tell, watch this, the truth, nothing but the truth and the whole truth. Two things I want to talk about in Colossians. Mm -hmm. Number one, Paul did not eradicate the Sabbath right there. He just simply said, you can't hold on Jews to it. That's what he was saying. 
Don't let nobody judge you if you're not keeping the Sabbath. He didn't say don't. He, he didn't say it wasn't good to keep. He didn't say uh, it was like the sacrificial system where you don't do it no more. He simply says don't let nobody judge you if we did this church Sabbath rest. I pray God. I, I try my best not to do it to give the people the implication that if they're not keeping the Sabbath, they're not saved. Now where we come from, that was a teaching. You're not keeping the Sabbath, you ain't saved. But if you are saved, you will keep the Sabbath. If you feel that you are part of God's original people, you will keep the yeah. Sabbath. Some of us, some of us understand that living in America and, and listening to his story, yeah. history, his story yeah. we're finding out every day that his story ain't been true. Now we're finding that out about America every day. His story ain't been the truth. So our ancestors, uh, not those who came from the original land, I'm talking about our mamas and grandparents and all that, they accepted the Protestant teaching that, that, that taught us that we was all slaves. All people of color was from slavery. I don't believe that. What they're trying to imply is that before this became the Americas, that there was no human beings here. And that's a lie. Pastor, you said that, and I just, I'm, I'm not kidding. I was just listening to something. I don't know why I listened to it, but the guy said it was less than like, Five percent of the people of blacks that was that were slaves. So everybody, like you say, everybody wasn't slaves. It was like less than five percent were slaves. But they make it tell they'll tell you that every black person was slave was was slave. We were all descendants of slaves. I think I'm a descendant of I'm descendants of kings. Right. That's right. And that's the way we should think. We have to. Uh, we have to be open-minded and open-hearted enough to realize uh, that this story has been given to us right. You know? So what we're dealing with uh, today, just specifically pertaining to the Sabbath, I wanted to show you this in Colossians, because I want to be able to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, in those people who are simply satisfied with uh, <coughs> Reformation. You will attach yourself to believing the uh, teachings that America has taught. Mm -hmm. But once again, I want to reiterate before I move on. If you listen to the news these days, and trust me, it's all around. You can go on the internet and get information. They got information on the television. You, you can get news and information from any and everywhere now. And every day we're finding out that America has been a big cover-up. Yeah. Even from a Caucasian standpoint, some of them angry too. Because mm -hmm. America just it just hadn't told the truth about its establishment. So when, when you find out, watch this, when you find out that somebody has lied to you, your first instinct actually is to become angry. And, and that's okay because that's natural behavior. But after you become angry, you need to become educated. Amen. Amen. Because if you find out that somebody lied to you, now you need to go find out the what? The truth. The truth. And when you find out the truth, you realize that slavery in America was a southern state thing, but there was already northern states that was created. So you need to tell me what no blacks up there? Mm. Yeah, it was. Mm. 
just for those who may be confused. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. <laughs> so they let us know right there that every black person wasn't a slave. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. When the government in America first started and you first had your congressmen and senators, they had black folk that was already up there. They acted yeah. like it's a new... Yeah. Oh, they're breaking yeah. barriers. Yeah. She's yeah. the first. Yeah. No, she's not. Yeah. Yeah. We was inventing lights and all kind of stuff. So, yeah, go ahead, Dick. You know, like when you read this in Colossians, that's what happens to the church. They take stuff out of context and right. not use the words according to their definition. Right. Because, like you said, you pointed out, you know, about it. It's just saying, don't let nobody judge you. Right. But then in 17, this is where they really take it out of context because it says, these are a shadow of things that would have come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. They take it like, okay, we don't have to keep the Sabbath now. But, like it says, in the reality, mm -hmm. if you believe in Christ, then you should want to do some of the things that Christ did. Right. But they're Amen. not teaching that. Amen. Oh, no, that, that, we ain't going to have to do that until we Amen. get to the new, Amen. the new Jerusalem and the new heaven that comes down. That's how they're looking at it. When no, if you're in Christ, you should want to try to keep his, his, his observations in his decree. Mm -hmm. But for those who... Uh, If you have that only understand the Bible from an American standpoint, from a Western, from, let, me, let me put it this way so I can cover it all, <laughs> from a European standpoint, if you have people that only deal with God's word from a European standpoint, you cannot hold the Sabbath to those people. You, 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 it's, it's, it's detrimental to try to make somebody believe that they're not saved. Uh, that heaven is not their eternal home because they didn't keep the Sabbath. The Bible says that God winks at us in our ignorance. Amen. So when you don't know something, now watch this. Once you have been taught something and, and somebody can show you and they can give you scriptural fact, not just one scripture, but bring the whole thread together, well, then it's incumbent upon you that if you want to receive the blessings of the Sabbath, and that's what we're going to talk about next, I want to show you the blessing in keeping the Sabbath because remember, I said earlier, I want to reiterate, the Sabbath is not a salvation law, the Sabbath is a health law. Mm -hmm. So let's back up here. So most people we know is tired. As soon as you talk to them, it's, it's, it's only 10 something in the morning. And they got folks going to walk through the door at 10 something in the morning, just waking up, talking about how tired they are. Because life is hard. Life is a grind. But we refuse to be obedient to God's word and take his rest day. Amen. Well, then you got those who say, well, you can make any day that you want to. You're still being disobedient because if you are going to keep a Sabbath, he said what they would keep. Amen. Amen. But I can't hold, hold non-Hebrew thinking people, non-grafted uh, in people, let me put it that way. I can't hold non-grafted in people to that. Let me tell you something. Now, we know this to be true. They got some folk who satisfied with calling themselves Christian and they ain't never go to church. They satisfied with just saying, yeah, honey, I'm saying you ain't never at church. Weddings and funerals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they call them Christians. Christmas and Easter. Call them Christians. <laughs> you go to church on Christmas and Easter and you love the Lord. Well, those of us, come on, let's go to uh, let's go to Luke chapter four. They uh, there are people. So when we talk about the Sabbath, there's even a higher level of disobedience going on in the church. The Sabbath is just one area. 
They got folk who want to come to you and argue with you about time. Okay. This is how I let people off the bat. Because tithing is not a New Testament command. Okay, do you give anything? Mm. <laughs> okay, you don't believe in tithing, cool. But do you give anything? Yeah. Giving is a New Testament principle. Amen. Amen. So that's cheap people. That's people that just don't want to give. And wonder why your, your money is like pockets, like you put your money in pockets with holes in them. Steady need the church to help you with this and help you with that and help you with this and help you with that. But you don't want to pay no tithes. And then just like I say, I give you way out. You don't want to pay no money. And got a good job. Make a lot of money. Won't give God none, but you love the law. <laughs> well, I'm just bold and brazen enough to say you know, the church these days is so worried about people's feelings and who going to come to their church and how many members we going to have. I ain't worried about none of that. I know that if I don't teach this word, Paul said, it won't be unto me. If I do not preach this gospel, and the word gospel, the hegelion, it means good news. And it, well, all of it ain't going to come out good because you ain't doing it all. And I'm not, a, I'm not a reward of bad behavior. I'm just not. I don't believe in rewarding bad behavior. I believe in correcting bad behavior. And in this society we living in right now, parents now believe in rewarding bad behavior. You can't get your child to do nothing. They won't act right in school. They disobedient at home. You can't get them to do nothing, but you steady buying them phones and cars and all kind of stuff. That's rewarding bad behavior. Where I say though? Luke 4. All right, somebody start reading uh, what that is around verse 16 again. Luke chapter 4, around verse 16. He went up, he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogues, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Amen. So we see now, first of all, we didn't pick to do this class. This class is on the rotation in the Sabbath school lesson. This is why we're doing the class. But I am not doing the class to try to change anybody's mind. Amen. Amen. I'm pointing out reasons why we keep the Sabbath here at Sabbath Rest. Amen. I'm not trying to tell anybody that they're right or wrong for it. I'm trying to say this is why we do it. Amen. And what I want the members of Sabbath Rest to understand, that if we can't show in our lives no benefit of keeping it, nobody will ever be attracted to it. Amen. So if I can't show sin is that Sabbath is a health law, that if I keep, if I give my body, my mind, some soul, some rest, I will be a prosperous person. If I can't show that, what would make anybody believe that the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath holy, is no different than going to church on Sunday? Amen. So if our bodies are all out of shape and you know you can't do nothing because you all in, and I'm sick every day and every time you turn around, I got a headache, I got a knee ache. You and you and your spouse can't get along. You don't want to buy good food at the store. You're steady eating pig and pig feet and 
pork chopping. If we can't show no benefits, how would it be attractive to somebody? And the people of God got to understand that. And that's all of us. Let's, let's take away the Sabbath conversation for, for, for now. And let's just talk about being a Christian, period. If you can't show the world no benefit of being a Christian, what would make them want to be one just because your choir sang good? You got about three weeks of good singing to actually keep somebody in here. Because after you go over your rotation and you get back to them same songs they heard before, pew, beep, beep, they like roadrunner, beep, beep, they out of here. So we have to be able to make Christianity so attractive to where you don't even have to open your mouth. Folk don't want to come and see what you got. Amen. My money always so good. Amen. My health is always good. I feel good. 58 years old, I ain't on no doctor dope. Hallelujah. Amen. I know what to put in my mouth to, to, for my body to digest. I put the wrong thing in my mouth. Now my stomach giving me trouble right now because I went and ate uh, uh, seafood uh, nachos. All that cheese and that crap on my stomach like right now. I'm paying for it right now. Friday supposed to be my splurge day. Well, I'm going to just have to start splurging that subway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying we, we being so disobedient and when our disobedience catches up with us in whatever area of, in whatever area of life it gets you, then we want to come to God and cry and lie when God said, I gave you what to do. I gave you the prescription. You ever went to your doctor and your doctor gave you a prescription and you go back with the same problem? And he first thing your doctor's going to say, did you take the medicine I gave you? <laughs> no, I didn't take it. He looking at you like, what you doing here? Just want to give me another copay? Yeah, yeah. You being disobedient to the doctor's orders. And that's what we're doing. Jesus is the great physician. And Jesus has given us a prescription. Actually, the Father has given us a prescription for success for living. And we refuse to do it and want to come to God whining and complaining. And we refuse to do what he's already given us to do. Now, when you read uh, uh, St. Augustine, how uh, 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 come on, y'all help me out. Josephus was a historian. Josephus really wrote about historical uh, Hebrew historical facts. So I'm not going to put him in that category because he didn't really try to. Josephus is right. He never tried to change what went on. He just wrote about Hebrew and Jewish culture. Melito. Who that? Melito. Tertullian. That's the one. Yeah. Tertullian. Uh, Cyprian. You start reading all these guys' writings, and what they were doing was giving their interpretation of what they felt it was to mean. But that's all preachers do in a sermon. Yeah. We give you our interpretation of what that scripture, what God has placed on our heart. Well, listen, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to move on. The Bible says of itself that it was written by holy men inspired by God. Amen. That's talking about the original text. Mm -hmm. That's talking about the Old Testament Hebrew, the Gospels Aramaic, and Paul's uh, and Peter's letters uh, in Greek. It's not talking about all this other stuff that people, all these translations we got that's changing words. This, we don't have a promise from God that there was holy men inspired by him doing this. Well, how you know, preacher? Well, because we found it out in Malachi chapter 1, verse 1 the other day. These newer versions try to make people feel good, so it says the message that was given to the prophet. Well, the original text says the burden that was given to the prophet. 
<laughs> a whole oh, lot. <laughs> but to make people feel good about it, yeah. we reward bad behavior, y'all. And watch this. We making people in the church think that God rewards bad behavior, too. No, he don't. God does not like disobedience. He passes over it because he got, he got the blood sitting on the side of him saying, hold up there. <laughs> My blood on Therefore, he passes over our sins. But God still don't like disobedience. Once again, before I move on, I am not implying in any kind of way that anybody got to change anything they do. If you feel comfortable with your relationship by doing stuff that's not in the Bible, that's on you. But we showing you here this morning why we keep this out. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, to the people that sit in this room and to the members of Sabbath rest and all other Sabbath keeping churches, we got to show why it's beneficial for us to keep. Because if we can't show no benefits for it. Amen. All right, let's go to uh, what we were. Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Amen. Let's go to the little box down there at the bottom of Sunday. If someone were to ask you, how has keeping the second? No, I'm telling you, I didn't even know that the box was coming up. If someone was to ask you, how has keeping the Sabbath benefited your relationship with the Lord, how would you respond? Hmm. Let's take a few minutes and go around the room. What do you have to say that Sabbath keeping is beneficial for you? Well, just like you said, I'm 61 years old. I'm not in any meditation. Amen. I can go to work. Amen. You know I've been healed because you know better than anybody. You saw the blood, you saw the blood work and the x-ray. You know what I had. And I was going to another church at first, you know, because you got mad when you first said it. Mm -hmm. And I was going, I didn't, I, I was still had arthritis. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden, when I when I came to the Sabbath, got to put up with Pastor Smith, found out some things that were set free. If I wouldn't have started keeping the Sabbath mm -hmm. or observing the Sabbath, but didn't keep it. I observed the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Where would I be? That's right. Still on that couch out there. How does the Sabbath benefit you? Yeah. It, at bare minimum, that's right. It gives us an opportunity to rest. Now watch this. Listen to this. The Sabbath is just the day. Let's go to Mark chapter 2. The Sabbath is just the day. And if you don't take what it was meant for, it won't benefit you. And the word Shabbat translates into our English word cease. Mm -hmm. To stop. To rest. That's what the word means. So actually, the word, the name of our church is a double word. Rest, rest. The name of the church really is rest, rest. Sabbath rest. Say that. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. That's right. So we have to be able to show benefits. Somebody read Mark chapter two, verse. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. I think it's at the end, like verse twenty-seven or something. For the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Read it real loud. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So That's the right. Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. That's right. Because the Son of the Son of Man, the Son of God is even Lord of the Sabbath. So now, hold up, hold up, hold up. Now, if the Bible says that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. How in the world and show me where uh, Sunday became the Lord's day? 
That ain't what John was talking about when he says that I was high and lifted up on the Lord's day. That ain't what he was talking about. West, the, 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 the European Protestant movements begin to now pinpoint things and make them and try to interpret them to mean something that that's not what that means in Hebrew and Greek. And if we talk about the Gospels in Aramaic. Yes, sir. And I was going to say that earlier. That's why a lot of times we uh, make sure we don't study our Bible, we know the Bible. Because you, the correlation you're trying to make earlier was that uh, it's that established before, uh, before June. That's right. But Jesus himself said that the Sabbath was made for man. He didn't say that the Sabbath was made for Jew. He said that the Sabbath was made for man. Good so we, we missed that. You know what I'm saying? Why we want to say that was the Jewish thing? You didn't say it. You said it was made for man. That's all mankind. That's right. Good, good, good observation. The elder was pointing out, he got his mask on. I don't know if y'all can hear him clearly, but what he pointed out was this scripture we just read, Mark says that the Sabbath was made for man. Not for Jews. They even call it, watch this. They, they, in, in one interpret, in a few interpretations of the Bible, they call it, in the New Testament, they call it the Jews' Passover. But when God instituted the Passover in Exodus, he said, this is the Lord's Passover. You see how things can change? Because you got, you, you, what, 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 what we did in America, since we are the baby country out the whole world, mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's ever, I, I don't think, don't quote me, but I don't think there's another country that has been established since 1775. They just changed name, but they were still there. So in other words, we the baby of all countries. And here come the baby showing up on the scene, and now you're going to try to dictate how everything should go. Hey, KJ, what should we do? What should we do? What should I preach about today? Yeah, I know you know. <laughs> what are we going to do in here? And that's what America does. America shows up on the scene as the baby of all the countries and it starts telling the people because listen, this is something that ooh, I, ooh, I don't want to say it. Let me say it this way. This is something that Europeans know. That if you keep saying something, it don't matter how wrong it is. If you keep saying it over and over, people will believe it. That's Trump's biggest power. Trump's biggest power and his supporters let me get in front of Trump. Trump's biggest power and his supporters is they believe that if you keep saying something that makes it true, you can say it all you want, that don't make it true. And that's what his supporters believe. By the way, I am not Democratic, because I don't want people to get it twisted. Oh, he must be for Biden. I ain't for none of them nuts. Amen. I'm for God. Amen. I'm for what's standing up, what's in this word. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, now Jesus said, that he's all he's the Lord of the Sabbath. That's what Jesus said. So my, my admonition is this. If you don't want to live like Jesus, you don't have to. Ain't nobody putting no gun in your head. Why is everybody walking around trying to call themselves a Christian and you don't want to do what the Lord did? <laughs> nobody forcing you to. Don't know why it was going on, but the managers and the and the owners do. 
You're just the one we need to do it. But we know exactly. That's how I got nursing school. I ain't gonna tell the story. Y'all heard it. Somebody that you might know how to do it, but you don't know why you do it. And they got a lot of people that's handling God's word like this. They got a lot of people that's handling God's word. And sure, you can read the Bible, you see the words that's here. But you have no historical background. You don't know nothing about Jewish and, history, and, and uh, Hebrew culture. You won't go and try to uh, 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 translate any of the words to make them mean what they mean in the Bible, not what they mean in 2021 in America. Because the generation these days, I ain't, I'm 58 years old and I ain't never seen adding and taking the words out of the dictionary. <laughs> I ain't never seen that in my whole life. Within the last two years, I done seen where they took words out of the dictionary and added them in. And we let the babies decide. Me and Damien had a whole radio broadcast about it the other night. The children are in charge. That's who ran the world. When you go to the store to shop, what kind of clothes you see in the store? All of them is for what? The TV shows, the music. We let young people run everything. That's not good. The word child in Paul's scripture, when I was a child, I act like a child. That word child is defined as an unlearned person. I know folk that's in their 30s and 40s that still ain't learned yet. And we letting the younger generation decide what direction of this country is going to be. Wake up, y'all. Amen. Monday's lesson. Sabbath before Sinai. And he said unto me, this is what, this is that which the Lord has said. Tomorrow is the rest of the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord. <coughs> bake that which ye will bake today, and see that ye will see, and that which remain over, lay up for you to be kept until tomorrow. I'm not going to read it all for the sake of time. But in Exodus chapter 16, because most of us know the story mm -hmm. about the manna being rained down from heaven. Mm -hmm. Now we know that God's command was, Every day, pick enough for one day. Because yeah. if you pick any more, That's when you smart. wake up in the morning, it's going to be spoiled. Yeah. And sure enough, they had people that didn't that, that, that tried it. They woke up the next morning, it was spoiled. So they learned to pick enough for one day. Well, when you get to Friday, which is the day of preparation, the, the sixth day of the week, let me point this out real quick. In the Bible, no day has a name but the Sabbath. In the, you... Every day is called by its number, day one, day two, day three. The day of preparation in the New Testament, in the Gospels, he does name the day of preparation every now and then. He'll call it the day of preparation. But every time the Sabbath rolls around, it has a name. It's called the Sabbath. Now, if that's not convincing to you right there, I mean. <laughs> so, on Friday, on the day of preparation, he told them to go out and pick enough for two days. Reason being is because I'm not raining none down tomorrow because tomorrow is the Sabbath. So I preached a sermon one time that says, heaven don't work on Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I don't want to argue and debate with nobody over it. It was, it was the name of a sermon to prove a point about this scripture. That God said he ain't working tomorrow, so you better get enough for two days on Friday. Hallelujah. Amen. So we know at least 
from the time of creation, we know God rested on the seventh day. We even see that here in Exodus, go to your timeline, Jack, and show me what year was this. And when they was at Sinai, they when they were in the wilderness. They got it like 14 to 46 BC. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. They got the recapitulation of the covenant in Deuteronomy 29 to 1406. BC. Okay. So from creation to 1446 BC, which is a whole lot of years, because remember, it ain't just 1400 years, because remember, Old Testament times started at the high level and went to the low level. So we see now that in the beginning God was keeping the Sabbath. We know that God was still resting on the seventh day when they was in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So for all that time, God's still resting on the seventh day. And if God is resting on the seventh day, I bet you down to a dollar he was still encouraging his people to rest on the seventh day. Mm -hmm. Amen. This is why we keep the Sabbath here in Sabbath rest. I got evidential proof to show you that this is what God's expectation is. In the Gospels, did not the Bible say, Jesus said this himself, you better pray that your, your, your flight ain't on the Sabbath day. He was talking about the destruction of the temple. When things was getting ready to happen in 586 B.C., I mean, in uh, 70 A.D., at the destruction of the temple, he said, you better hope it don't happen on the Sabbath day because there was Sabbath travel laws. He said, in other words, he said, in other words, you ain't gonna be able to run that far. You better hope, you better hope that they're on the Sabbath day. So if Jesus is saying all of this stuff, I just don't see in the Bible for God's holy people. Now they got some who okay with just being church members. There's a lot of people they okay with that. They're not trying to learn nothing. They're not trying to, and I'm not even talking about the Sabbath right now. I'm talking about period. They got people that just go to church. Every week they get dressed. They show their little dresses and shoes on Facebook, but they're not trying to study and learn nothing and move forward. They just like going to church. Mm -hmm. Then you got those of us who really trying to learn exactly what this word really was trying to say to us in the beginning. God's original intent. There, there, there's those of us, and it's just not his salary. They got some people that really love the Lord. They dig it. They search it. They trying to find the true truth. Like the for real, for real. They trying to find the true truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And we got it here. We're going to take our time and we're going to dig. Amen. Come on, let's go ahead and stand. Once again, to those who may be listening who may not be Sabbath keepers, I ain't trying to put no pressure on you. I'm not saying that you're wrong. You're going to hell or this, that, and other. I'm simply pointing out what the Bible says and why we keep the Sabbath here. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, it is in the wonderful name of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, on the side that we pray. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor for all the things that you do. Father, we thank you for your word because we know that there's power, there's clarity, there's understanding, there's healing, there's deliverance, God, there's everything that pertains to life and God, and it's in your word. So we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and lived perfect life, God, showed us how to do it, God, and he allowed mere men to hang him on an old rugged cross, God. They even put him in a borrowed tomb, Father, but we thank you that it was pre, it was predestined, God, that uh, he would rise on the third day, and he did. And we thank you for it. And he said before he leaves this earth, God, he would pray to you that you would send the paraclete, God, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, the one that's just like him, and that he would live with us and in us, God. So we thank you, Father. We know that you have given us everything that we need to be successful on this earth. So bless us, use us, and keep us as we go into our next phase of service, God, as we lift up praises and worship to your name. We give you honor and glory for it all. And it is in the wonderful everlasting name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Peace amen. Amen. amen and amen. Hallelujah.